In 2016, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars changed the rules forever. I will not be eliminating any queens this season. It's what? Each week, the top two All-Stars will lip-sync for their legacy. The winner of the lip-sync will be given the power to eliminate one of the bottom queens. With great power comes great responsibility. It's a new decade, a new season, with new rules. We're gonna do eliminations a little differently this season. You'll never know what or who fate will throw your way. Oh my God, my God, my God. Reveal yourself! The revolution starts now! Welcome back to Forensics Faces. It's been a while since we've had a new episode, and that is for obvious reasons. For all intents and purposes, the 2020 Forensics competitive season got cut short. While online tournaments allowed students to compete virtually without the ability to gather as teams and coaches, we didn't really have anything to talk about. Well, that changes today. In the absence of speech and debate, the best thing we've seen each week is one of our favorite reality competitions, RuPaul's Drag Race. Season 12 just wrapped its run, and now All-Stars 5 is airing each week on VH1. If you really think about it, forensics and drag race competitions have nothing to do with each other, but who cares, it's an excuse to critique some sickening performances and stretch our judgmental muscles. So here's how it's going to work. Each week, I'll be joined by some extra special judges to rank and critique the performances of the drag queens from All-Stars 5. Is this important work? No. Is this stupid? Absolutely. Is it fun? We hope so. And maybe a little bit of fun each week is what some of us need. I'd be remiss not to acknowledge that fun is a privilege right now in America. We are still in the middle of a global pandemic. Protests continue after the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. There is serious work to be done, and I encourage everyone to get involved, to donate, and especially to vote. And let me be clear, at Forensics Faces, we believe Black Lives Matter. To quote the great Shea Coulee, our fight for justice isn't over, and our focus should remain on what's most important. Just remember to make time to heal and feed your soul, and All-Stars 5, from what I've heard, is just what the doctor ordered. So we hope you'll laugh along with us, and maybe that can be a brief reprieve in the middle of so much turmoil. Welcome back to the podcast. My very first extra special judge is Melissa Gabrielson. Hello, hello, hello. Like anybody thought she wasn't going to be here. Uh, and our <laughs> second... Extra special judge is one Mr. Elliot Fisher. Welcome back to the pod. Hello, hello. Thank you for that lovely welcome. Oh, you are always welcome. Well, that's hey. not true. Sometimes you might <laughs> Sometimes you might not have anything to offer, but in this case, <laughs> you do. We're not I'm... even two full minutes in and you're already being shady. This oh my is goodness. the theme of the podcast. It is Shade Central, right? Two to be fair, the shade is warranted because I was thinking about today the episode or the sorry the seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race that I have actually watched include seasons one through six, uh, which I just watched this past quarantine. Uh, All Stars one 
and season 12. So there is a huge recent gap in my RuPaul Drag Race watching. So like to say that I'm not a qualified judge is definitely very true. So well, this will be interesting though cuz you can you're seeing some of these queens then for really the first time. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That'll be interesting. This will be interesting. Um, so usually we start the episode with just a little uh, back and forth, a little chit chat about like what's going on in our lives and what's new. Um, is there any reason to do that? <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. Every day is exactly the same as the previous one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing new. So we'll just skip right over that. Um, I was <laughs> I was curious since we're doing a series now explicitly about drag race whereas some previous episodes have been sort of implicitly about drag race (laughs) um it's come up before uh have you guys ever thought of like what your drag names would be yes okay melissa (laughs) tell us you got a reveal um so i have one drag king and one drag queen name both of them food related um if i were drag queen i would be chelsea buns and all of my food would, all of my outfits would be very food themed, and my um, my brassiere would always be some form of uh, baked good. And then if I were a dude, a drag king, I would be Trey Bakes, yeah. also food themed. But I'd be like sexy chef, like giving you Bobby Flay vibes, okay. you know, Jamie Oliver and whatnot. <laughs> all right. Ah, uh, yeah, Trey Bakes is great. I love that one. That's great. That's amazing. What about you, yeah. Elliot? Uh, I, I came up with mine when I was living in Milwaukee, uh, and mine would just be a mangling of two Milwaukee suburb names. And so I had always dreamed of being a Waukesha Kudehi uh, as my drag persona, uh, which I realized outside of the Milwaukee metro area makes no sense whatsoever. But I thought it was pretty hilarious to be Waukesha Kudehi. It sounds both like elegant and trashy at exactly the same time. Yes, yeah. that is wonderful. In the workroom, RuPaul would have a field day with that. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine is like in progress. Like I've decided if I ever do drag, I want to combine my two grandma's names. So they were Phyllis and my grandma Florence, who's still alive. My grandma Phyllis passed away a long time ago. So I would be Flo, but spelled P-H-L-O to combine their two names. Ooh. And I was like, oh my God, heavy flow would be perfect. Well, there's already a heavy flow. There's already a heavy flow drag queen. So I just kind of think like whatever drag family I would join, then I would just add their their last name. So uh, yeah. like Flo Mattel or Flo Hall. I'd wanna pick I'd wanna pick a Wisconsin queen to join their family. Okay. Flo Mansfield. You know what? I'm not gonna say no. Not to Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Maybe. We'll see. So uh, so what are we doing? Let's let's review our rules, shall we? So we're watching All Stars 5, and yes. some of this is subjective. Some of it we're going to come at it from different places, just like if you're judging a forensics tournament. Even though there's a written set of rules, we sometimes approach things differently. But I did write out some rules for you guys to follow, so hopefully you have followed them. Um, so we are ranking all the way through for people who are really curious about the mechanics of this. <laughs> Uh, in forensics, sometimes you rank one through five, and this one we're ranking all the way through. We obviously have three judges whose scores we will combine to achieve to get our champion every week. Um, we are really only judging the maxi challenge and the runway 
if there's a separate runway. So like, because those I think are the things in the show that the judges really take into consideration. They can't see like what happens in the workroom. They can't see the rehearsals. So like, we're not really thinking about any of that either. Uh, we're really just looking at the maxi challenge. Um, and every week Rue does tell them what the challenge is. And so if we feel that like one of the Queens hasn't done the challenge as it was described to them like if they somehow just fail to meet the brief as they would say in a british uh, reality competition show like you can consider that in your critique but like you guys do not have the power to disqualify okay okay yeah okay. just like just like judges at a forensics tournament you can't disqualify a contestant you can only raise your objection um the fact that they're listed in alphabetical order doesn't matter to the people who are listening at home. <laughs> um, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And uh, I don't, I'm hoping you guys follow the honor system. I have not looked at how you guys ranked. I have not looked at your comments. So you will be revealing that to me as I will be revealing it to you. And then at the end of the episode, I'll open up the tabulation thing and see if we had any ties or just what our, what our ranks were. So that's how we are proceeding throughout this. I'm so nervous about being the squirrely judge between the two of you. <laughs> I, ah! I would like to point out that one of my alternative names for this series on the podcast was Squirrely Friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I guess, yeah, it's worth mentioning that, like, obviously we're going to spoil some parts of the competition for people who are listening at home. So if you haven't watched the first episode of Dra RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5, um, and you care about not having it spoiled, go watch it and then listen to the podcast after. If you're one of those purists, as I am, like, I don't want to know anything about ep an episode before I watch it. I don't ever watch the previews. I don't ever watch the, like, first act that they post on YouTube. I want to go in fresh. If you're like me, stop now. So now we we'll can... come back later. Yeah, we can feel free to speak freely. Even though our ultimate judging... Our ranking, our champion, has nothing to do with what's on the television show. No. Yeah. So that uh, that does not have any bearing on what we did. In fact, I'm kind of curious. Did you guys fill out your ballot before or after you watched the judges' critiques on the show? Before. Before. I filled it out as they were performing, like I should. Me too. Oh, my God. We're all such forensics judges. <laughs> <laughs> and rule followers. Well, that that yeah, wasn't. I, I didn't make that an official rule. Like you could have watched the whole episode, and then still judged. But yeah, I did it, and like John was a good sport about it because I was like, okay, now I have to pause and finish filling out my ballot, and then I told him my ranking so that there was somebody who could verify that like I had done this before <laughs> the judges could. Do it. Yeah, I, I check with my dog too. She was she was she was the uh, other judge in the room. You know, okay. yeah, she was yeah. moderating me. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, John did not agree with my, my ranking all the way through. That's not so, surprising. Like, this, is, this is a subjective thing. So um, I'm going to throw it on over to RuPaul uh, to explain what the challenge was. Now, ladies, since 2017, the Work the World Tour has starred legends like Aquaria, Bob the Drag Queen, and Violet Tchotchke, just to name a few. For this week's Maxi Challenge, You'll be headlining in the Work the World Variety Extravaganza with an act showcasing your own charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. And for those of you at home, you can go to RuPaul'sDragRace.com to find out when the tour is coming to your city. All stars, 
start your engines. And may the best woman win. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Ricky. See you later. Bye, Rue. Bye, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, if, if you don't know that low voice towards the end is the one and only somehow getting handsomer Ricky Martin. Thank you. I, yeah, he looks so good. Uh, okay, so I thought we would go um, in performance order and uh, oh, just shoot. talk about each queen and then we can each do our own uh, critique or, and reveal our rank. So Alexis Mateo Great. is up first. Boricua in the house to take the crown. Sickening, no? I'm Alexis Mateo from season three and All Stars One. Uh, so I uh, thought she had great energy and it was very engaging. Uh, I did find her choice of outfit to be distracting at times. It did get in the way of her face during some of her uh, movements and some of her choreography choices. Um, and I went towards this as someone who has seen her perform in other seasons so as a judge who might have judged her before and I would have loved to have seen something that showed her growth as a queen because it has been a few years since she performed on the show so I would have loved something that really illustrated that and I gave Alexis Mateo my four okay Elliot as a guest uh, to the podcast do you want to go second Oh yeah, sure. Um, I thought I thought I liked that it was a very upbeat performance. I thought it was great. I think it it played to her strengths for sure. But I I agree with Melissa. I think at this point, it, if the purpose of All Stars is to kind of show that growth and development, I felt it was a little bit like okay. I feel like this is something she's probably done countless times. So I, I agree. I want I want to see more from her. Um, but I thought what she did still was pretty good. So I I gave her the two out of all of them for me. All right. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't like this at all. <laughs> um, I thought the movement was fine, but I thought she had no energy in her face whatsoever and that her face was blocked often by the feathers of her costume, which meant we couldn't see her expressions. Uh, but when we could, when the camera really focused on her face, I felt like nothing was happening. So I... And I, I didn't write it down, but I agree with your assessment. Like, this doesn't show a lot of growth. I gave her my seven. Wow. Yeah, I just really wasn't impressed. Uh, so next up in the lineup was Shea Coulee. I'm black. I'm Shea Coulee. I know y'all have missed me, but it's okay. So Shea Coulee is one of my all-time favorite queens, and I was blown away by her entrance look. But I was kind of let down by her, her choice here. Her prop was occasionally very unsteady, and it was obviously affecting the amount of confidence she had in the movement that she was doing. And then it made her really unsteady in the actual choreography she was choosing. So then the pacing was really off. And I think that it's kind of obvious that she sort of threw that together. Um, but it could have been really great with more practice, uh, and I gave I gave her a five, and it broke my freaking heart. Cause like she looked incredible, but the actual act that she was doing was not did not match that level. You know what's interesting is like sometimes this happens in forensics judging too, when like you know the kid, you've seen the work they've done before, and you can just tell that like this was not your best performance <laughs> or like you haven't put the work in on this yet. Um, and you have to approach it subjectively, no matter how much you like the performer. Yeah. Elliot. And I, I also think this, this is com 
comparable to forensics in another way as well. Because I thought, like, from a degree of difficulty thing, like, this was not easy for some, like, pole dancing is not easy for someone to do at all. So the fact that she took on that challenge, I was impressed by. I still think if you're going to do it, though, you better know what you're doing. Uh, and so like, while I was impressed at her abilities, I think it, it could have been done so much better. And I don't think she should have felt compelled to, to be on the pole the whole time. I think she could have used it as an element of her performance and not the entire time uh, being focused around that. So that, that was my biggest concern. A cool concept, but just not executed all that well. Uh, so she got my four out of the 10. Yeah. Um, the thing, I agree with so much of what you guys said. The only thing for me that did stand out that I really like is like, you can tell she is a consummate performer. Like even when the pole got wobbly and like the physical movement wasn't as confident as you would like to see, her face was on. And even in stillness, even just leaning up against that pole and turning her head to the judges, like you could tell, like she's a performer, you know? <laughs> so I, but all of that being said, I also gave her my five. That's uh, she's she's clearly middle of the pack, according to to all mm -hmm. of the judges. Um, all right. Up third was Mayhem Miller. I didn't come to crash the party. I came to end it. I am Mayhem the Drama Miller from RuPaul's Drag Race season 10. Ooh, uh, I thought she had a very strong intro, leans right into her brand, what she's known for, and then immediately, like, the intense forensics judge connected into me, and I was like, oh my gosh, your enunciation and clarity is just not there. So uh, perhaps cutting some of the lyrics that she was saying would give her more space to actually play with the timing, because I felt like I was just like chasing her words, uh, and it really was distracting. Uh, and I gave her my nine, hmm. unfortunately. But it, it was a very deserving nine in comparison to the other queens. Yeah. Um, just because I just want to explain to the audience what they're hearing because Rosalind has shifted position and we can now hear her bone. <laughs> oh no! no, no. So it's the not audience... even a bone. It's a it's a freaking water buffalo horn. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted I wanted to bring it up just so that people didn't think it was Elliot chewing in the background. <laughs> Since he's a new element, and then suddenly we could hear chewing. Like I didn't want people to think he was like eating sunflower seeds or something in the middle of a podcast recording. And I'm sorry. With, and with this microphone that I got, like it is very sensitive, and so it would be very believable that I could be chewing on some sunflower seeds, and it would be picking that sound up. For yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Are those a common Elliot Fisher snack? Is sunflower seeds? Um, no. But I have been known to eat them on occasion, and I have a bag actually in the cupboard right now. Actually. Oh well, there you go. Well, there you go. It was a pretty, it was a pretty decent guess then. So with Mayhem, as well as with Shea Coulee, these were two queens that I had never had experience with before. So I didn't, I don't really know like what Mayhem's brand is and what she's like as a performer. And so I was spending a lot of the time in that performance just kind of confused and bored with what was going on because I had no idea like like what is her thing what are her strengths and I don't feel like that showed any strengths or clear vision of what she is as a drag queen at all so um yeah she was bottom of the pack for me it was she was my 10 out of the out of the 10 interesting interesting um I 
I'm just going to read exactly what I wrote because it really encapsulates it. Uh, The way you started the performance really captured my attention. It's a bold choice to start in silence. Unfortunately, after that, the performance got away from you. I had a hard time understanding your lyrics. She got my eight. Because I was intrigued. I was brought in right away with the, at the start, I was like, ooh, I love this. Something different. But it went away. It went away. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) All right. So up after Mayhem was uh, Mariah Paris Balenciaga. I'm Mariah Balenciaga, a.k.a. Mariah Paris, a.k.a. Mariah Successful, a.k.a. Miss Queen of All-Star Season 5. Oh, I struggled so much with this. So for me, I feel like she needed to relocate her main prop. I feel like if her if that whole setup had been like right in front of her and we were seeing her through that glass and then the painting, it would have felt better. But I feel like turning so much away from the audience really took away from the message. And also the music was mixed so loud over the spoken poetry that I couldn't necessarily appreciate it until the very end. Uh, And so it has so much potential, but it really needs to be like fine tuned and like reeled back in towards like the actual core basis of the message and so i struggle with this a lot but i ended up giving her my seven okay i i liked how different this was uh i i agree with melissa's concerns i think there's some great potential here and i think with some refinement uh, i think it could be really really good uh, i just thought for me it was also just a nice change of pace and to like take the risk to do something different and very serious uh was was really cool so she ended up getting a three from me just because i liked how unique and different it was but i, I could easily justify moving her around in a whole bunch of different spots as well yeah i th- i thought it was a powerful concept and for the most part executed well um I think that, you know, the visuals of it worked for me, though I thought uh, she was really limited by the fact that she had to be over those drop cloths. Like, it really stopped her from being able to use her, the stage as well as she could have, and it really just kind of made her hang out by that that clear glass thing. Um, so I, I gave her my four. Oh, I'm so squirrely. I hate this. <laughs> We haven't. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think we've been that far off. Really I struggled a lot with it. I did. No. I really. Appre- it's one of those things where, like, as in forensics, where a kid like has a great message. You can tell they really care, but it lacks, like, it lacks a whole like polish to it. And they're like trying to put too much stuff on it. Like when they have got too much binder tech and it's too flashy. But it was. It was really important, and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I. I love a yeah. performance with a message. I'm all yep. for that. I'm for all sure. for art having a message. Um, fifth uh, in the roster was Ms. Cracker. And Cracker! <laughs> Guess who's cracking the house, girl? My name is Ms. Cracker. I am 35 <laughs> pounds heavier than I was in season 10. Oh. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Uh, I, I loved this. I thought it was super, like, it felt like very authentically Ms. Cracker. Uh, while still being a sign of, like, growth for her from her original season where she wouldn't have normally wanted to get into this sort of thing. I thought the writing was excellent. All of the puns and the wordplay was great. And I feel like she had the audience just in the palm of her hand. Once you get RuPaul laughing, you know you've done something right. Uh, And so she got my two. I love me a cracker. 
And I, I will say, like, my, my experience with Ms. Cracker has been uh, her appearance on a couple of Bon Appetit videos where she has made stuff with Carla uh, Lolly Music. Uh, so I have loved her on those. And I have also watched Ruby with the Jew as well. So, like, that's that's my knowledge of Ms. Cracker. Um, and I thought for her this was a really super solid performance. I think I agree with Melissa. This felt very her and very authentic for sure. Nice little callbacks to kind of what she had done before. Um, I guess I, I would have liked it to be a little bit bigger. I think she could have gone a little bit further with some of this. Um, and so she got a five from me. Is that because she's like five feet tall and she can't get any bigger? <laughs> um, but I, I think this is one of the one of those performances where I think she held her own for sure. But for some reason, like adding in the backup dancers on some of the other ones, like just made those a little bit flashier. And I'm not saying she had to use them, but if that was something that was available to you, because clearly it was, like, why not take advantage of that in this situation for her and, like, lean into that a little bit more? You're one of those visual aid judges. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> not one of those visual aid judges. <laughs> so you, got, you have backup dancers. Why didn't you use them? You could have used a visual aid, but you didn't. <laughs> I, I just think it, it could have added a layer of humor to what she was doing. Because I think the other queens, like, use them much more seriously as backup dancers. And, like, why didn't she, like, rope them in and just have them do goofy stuff with her? I thought that could have been – that was a missed opportunity, I think, in this case. Oh, my, my gosh. All those backup dancers somersaulting with her? Okay, that would have gotten me. Yeah. That somersault <laughs> got me so good. <laughs> Um, for me, I just think her humor is her strength and she played to it so well. I would be entertained by her standing still and making faces. Um, and she did so much more than that. So she got my three. Sweet. Um, next up was Blair St. Clair. Well, I do declare Blair St. Clair is all grown up now. <laughs> I'm Blair St. Clair from season 10, and I've finally gone through puberty. Well, almost. I do declare. Um, I do think that this performance showed some growth for her, but I was a little disappointed. I feel like, as someone who doesn't know a lot about singing, but knows a lot about how you're supposed to breathe, I feel like there were aspects where she just needed breath support so desperately, especially during that, like, la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-
Yeah, the look was impeccable. But that's the thing is like you throw in one trick after you've done nothing for the rest is of your performance. Is that a trick though? It's a, it's a try. It's like the kid who like does an entire prose piece just standing there reading the look. And then like in the last minute they try to do like a binder flip or something. And you're just like, what? why did you try? Why did you try to do that? That didn't do anything. Um, so yeah, she got, she also got my six. Cause I, okay. cause her look was impeccable. Um, and I do, I do appreciate somebody singing live. So she got a couple points for me, a little higher, uh, than maybe she otherwise would have just for actually, actually singing. Um, after Blair St. Clair, we got to, uh, revisit a season one queen, Angina. My name is Angina. I'm from the very first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. She look good. The one that started this whole shenanigans. Yes. What? A disappointment this was for me. It was like, when she comes out on that little car, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then all steam is lost afterwards. Uh, it felt like something that I would have done at karaoke, just a bunch of RuPaul songs in a medley. Uh, but if potentially she had recut that around a little bit and actually put intention in her choreography, also... And you can cut this, Kurt, if you want to. The fact that she was not wearing any form of panty underneath that last outfit, and it was just like Kendall under there, was so distracting. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it. I wrote the same thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, like, I was super excited to like have a season one queen come back like that's a long period of time to have been away from kind of all like from RuPaul's Drag Race in terms of a competition so I was cool as to like what had changed and what had happened and it was just it was eh, for me um I, like I said it was just um when you can see every outfit reveal coming a mile away it loses the impact when you know it's coming up and so when it happens you're just like oh yeah I knew that was gonna happen so um I, I think she needed to to refine what she was doing a whole lot more. It felt very like, I've practiced this two times, let's hope this is good enough to go. And so she needs to she needs to work it out. And what was your rank? Uh, seven. Okay. I, like Melissa, I appreciated the funny visual right at the top. And that was it. That's all I got for the rest of the, the performance. So uh, for me... Um, yeah, other I, I just wrote, I'm not quite sure what I was supposed to see. There really wasn't anything there. Um, and I did write, I think bloomers would have been smart. <laughs> uh, she got my nine. And it breaks my yeah. heart to do so, because Angina was my favorite in season one. I desperately, desperately wanted her to go all the way and to be the first winner. And this was a disappointing comeback for me. Mm-hmm. So I hope she can uh, she can do better. I'm looking forward to seeing what she has to offer because uh, I was I coming into it. I was rooting rooting for Miss Angina. So yeah, and and I still am because for sure I know this doesn't have any effect on her rank, but her in the workroom was just delicious. As we've been saying lately a lot, mm -hmm. like I'm very excited for the personality that she is going to bring. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but this fun. did not. This was not what made me excited. No. Nope. No. No. Um, after Angina was Derek Brittany. I mean, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Derek Barry, and I'm from season eight. It's Derek. 
You know me. Hey, Derek. <laughs> oh, Derek. I hated this. I was so uncomfortable. Just desperately uncomfortable. Uh, there needed to be more focus on pausing, and perhaps the time constraint was what really worked against this performance, like trying to fit as many impersonations in. But there's also not a diff enough physical difference between the people that he was trying to portray. Oh, yeah. And it really made it difficult that he was dressed up like Britney Spears, but trying to be a bunch of other different people. Like, if he had come out as actual Derek Barry, it might have been a little bit easier, but I found that to be super distracting, and uh, I gave Derek my 10. I, I found very few things, like, beneficial to watching this. I liked her. I liked her bra, though. <laughs> I liked the chainmail. That was cool. That's yeah. all I got. Like, and as as Britney, she looked good, but that was about the extent of it. And I, and I also feel, and this is kind of like again taking outside factors and bringing it into the judging of this performance. But if you're saying that you're trying to move away from Britney, then move away from Britney. Like you can't say that at the and at the same time look exactly like her. So that was that was my biggest beef that like the impressions were not great. You're doing something you say you don't want to do anymore. Like what's going on here, girl? Yeah, I uh oh I'm sorry, what rank did you give her? Oh, uh she got my 9. Mm. Um I yeah, I there wasn't much like the actual jokes as written a couple of them were funny. But, mm -hmm. uh, like, to me, have, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever, ever seen an impressionist before say the name of the person they're impersonating before they do the impersonation in the voice of the person that they're trying to impersonate. It was so awkwardly bad and just on a fundamental level seemed to fail for what she was trying to achieve, like. It, it it does an impersonation work if you can't tell who it is without them being named right before you right. do it. And other than Lady Bunny, I don't know that I would have been able to pick out who any of those people were. And even though I judged right away, I did go back to watch because I was curious about the timing thing, Melissa, that you mentioned. I was like, is this just editing? Is this just like they, they needed, they just kept cutting to her next thing. No, they, they kept the camera on her for a few of those transitions where she literally, it was just like impression, 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 new impression, new impression, new impression. And it's like, it was so manic and frantic. It was, it was so like freshman energy at their first tournament where they were just, they just kept going. And it was like, okay, you got through it. Good for you. I also gave her my 10. Do you do you think that, that she's done that before? Do you think she's done that performance before somewhere? I know that she has impersonations uh, after having watched the episode, because I always watch uh, things like Pit Stop and uh, the Fashion Photo Review. Uh, Bob the Drag Queen was talking about how she does an incredible Bernie Sanders impression, apparently. Uh, and she went on to say that she did do that, but they cut it. Um, but otherwise I have never known her to do any impressions other than Britney Spears. So. Yeah. It's, it, that, that's interesting if they actually did cut some of her better ones. Well, how, she said she was doing what, 20 or 12? Like, 
15 i thought she said yeah. oh my gosh too many so it was yeah for me it just it failed i hated it i didn't i didn't i didn't like watching it i felt i felt bad <laughs> the yeah. whole time yes um after derek was jujubee I'm Jujubee from season two of RuPaul's Drag Race and season one of All Stars. Third time's a charm. Ah, Jujubee. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Jujubee, but I made myself go through and like triple check my my ranking afterwards to make sure that I wasn't being biased. But I I loved this. It was so polished. Her she great facial expressions. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is the term for this a stand and deliver? Where you just, like, where you just stand in yeah. place at your microphone? Yeah. yeah. A, I, a park it, and bark is sometimes what we call it in theater. Park and bark. There we go. Yeah. I knew it was something. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was it was so her. She was her real singing voice. And it was risky to do something emotional and not funny at all. Even especially because Jujubee does have she's a very very funny queen, but she decided to show her more serious side, and I really appreciated that. Uh, and so she walked away with my one. I loved this. I I love me some Jujubee. Like she is phenomenal, and I I can't even say that like that didn't cloud my judgment. Uh, and I think for me, part of it too is just that it was so unexpected from her like she is hilarious she's funny she's funny all the time and so to see this serious side I was just like oh dang uh you probably should have saved this for later in the season but like you brought it out uh and so like I it was just it was very heartfelt I thought and just so emotional and so she got my one as well I loved it oh my goodness oh my goodness mm -hmm. um I I wrote this is how to sing live in a competition and that all the theatricality I needed was in her face. Um, she got my two. Yay! Mm -hmm. Also, I just want to point out one thing about just the confidence level of Jujubee is that she went out there in the exact same hair and makeup as she did her entrance look and just changed her dress while everyone else was like a whole new thing. And she was like, I just need a better... I'm just going to put on a gown. That's all <laughs> she had to do was just put on a gown. I mean, the judges don't know what you wore in your entrance. I yeah. know. Who cares? Exactly. If they had to do that all in one day, if they had to walk in and perform same day, why would you change your hair and makeup? But so many right. of them did, and Jujubee was like, no. Mm -hmm. I look great in this wig. Gray is good on me. Sometimes you and gotta work smart instead of working hard. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. she did. Uh, our final performer was uh, probably the most surprising addition to All Stars 5 when it was announced. Uh, India Farah. Yep. Uh, I was not expecting a lot from this, especially the way that it was edited, but everything she did was super, it was just super smart. Uh, n acknowledging that that's one of the only things that she's known for is being the queen who got picked up uh, and that drag is not a contact sport. That was stuck in my head afterwards, just that little, that little bit. Um, and it was obvious that she was super enjoying herself. Uh, I do feel like she gets a little bit overwhelmed by the sheer repetitiveness of that. The fact that she's repeating just those two lines. Uh, and I sort of got, I got a little tired of it towards the end, which made me really sad. Um, and she, had, I love the energy of it, but I ended up giving her my three. I feel like I, afterwards I, I was like, ooh, I'm really judgmental. 
but at the same time, I really think that I think the the writing is what got her. Don't yeah, don't worry about feeling judgmental because I judged it way harsher than you did, and I like I was surprised like hearing that like you said with the editing of it and the build up to it, I was expecting a whole lot worse. Uh, for me, it just kind of felt very one note and uneven at the same time. Like I appreciate the callback to like drag is not a contact sport, but when like that's the only shtick of your song, like it starts to lose its impact after a while. I also think she had like these moments of like crazy awesome energy, but then it was like a lot of just like walking back and forth as well. So I think she needed to figure out how to just like even out that performance and I think whoever wrote this for her, or she wrote it, whatever, like, the drag is not a context where I think should have been used a little bit more judiciously for it to be really funny when it happened and when it came up in that song. So she got my six. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it was smart. What you're calling uneven, I thought had levels. I liked that it wasn't all the same thing. Okay. Um, I thought there were high energy moment moments, times when she was moving a lot, other times when she like let us take a breather from constant motion. She was she used her physicality, I think, better than any other queen in the competition. Uh, she was up and down and back and forth and all over that stage. She used her backup dancers really well. She got my one. Okay. I was so impressed with what she brought to this as a total package. I thought she did great. Way better than I expected, too. I I also was not a big India Farah fan. Like, and so that probably was clouding my judgment as I well. Mean, but like, Melissa will tell you, like, when this cast was announced, I was like, send Derek home first, then send India home. I don't need to see those two anymore. Um, and then after that, I was like, whatever happens, happens. But I was like, those are two people I don't need to see again. Um, so I was I was really truly impressed with with what she did. Do I think she's a contender for the rest of the competition? Not really. I think I think this is probably what she does well. Like she does live performances. I think part of why she did so well is this is exactly what she probably does in a show two or three times on a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. And I also wonder now that now that the Derek India conflict is now gone, like. Will will she continue to get the attention that she had before? Because we don't get to see that conflict happening. Right. Right. Yeah. Or she'll do the thing that happens with some all stars, where they have a super strong talent show performance because they got to practice it, and it's something they do in their normal life. And then any sort of improv or on the spot, anything that happens afterward, just completely throws them for a loop. Did we have any other moments from the show that we very much enjoyed or delighted in? Um. I think one of the funniest moments happened during the entrances, and I think it was Jujubee that had said it, was that she felt like we were, like, it was like a printer cartridge or something like that, or, like, the toner was getting low as you walked, like, as you, like, panned across the workroom, like, going from very dark to very light. I thought it was just one of the funniest things ever. Like, it was so hilarious to me. So good. I love Jujubee so much. And she was excellent in the reading challenge. Uh... And and I just I also love the reading challenge. Some people did so poorly though. That can be a very uncomfortable place to be. Um, but I really I just I'm very excited about all these older queens who I have held a flame for since having watched it. Uh, and other people they've just sort of been almost like lore or like just something that people like they know about them but they don't know them. Right. And so now we're getting to put them back on the front of 
the zeitgeist of drag, and I'm so excited. I was also having a conversation with Kyle about this, because I feel like in the past, having only watched one All-Stars, not any of the other ones, that I feel like there's a perception out there that sometimes All-Stars is like design, or I shouldn't say design, but it serves the purpose of being a redemption for someone who, quote-unquote, should have won their season. So I was asking him, like, of this group of queens, is are there any that were kind of perceived as being, like, you should have won, and will this be their opportunity to, like, win the crown uh, this time around? And so I'm anxious to see how, having had that conversation and those thoughts, if it continues to play out in All-Stars. Yeah, I think Jujubee and definitely Shea Coulee are two people who qualify for that, because Jujubee has gotten close many a time, and Shea fell victim to the rose petals. So <laughs> so true. All right, are you guys ready for us to reveal uh, our rankings? I yeah. Yeah, I'm so nervous. Right. Um, we did have some ties, so some <gasps> some uh, placings had to be broken on judges' preference. Okay. Uh, here. Ooh. <laughs> uh, our our tenth place finisher was Derek Barry. Okay. And don't clap for that. Don't clap for that. I'm clapping that we all that we agreed, and that's also who went home on the show. So we are excellent drag race judges. That's, yes, that's true. Uh, in ninth place, Mayhem Miller. Okay. So also we, excellent. And we had our yeah. bottom two. Uh, in eighth place, Angina who was okay. the, in the, the other third person in the bottom. Seventh place, we had Blair St. Clair. In okay. sixth place, yeah. we had Shea Coulee, uh, broken on judges' preference. With okay. fifth place, who was Mariah Balenciaga. Uh, okay. In fourth place, Alexis Mateo, due strongly to the fact that we split that vote. <laughs> <laughs> Two, four, seven. Uh, <laughs> uh, then in third place, broken on judges' preference... Ms. Cracker, who was tied uh, with who ultimately got second place in the Affera, and our champion of week one of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 5 is Juju B. Yay! I think we did pretty damn well. I think so too. Yeah. I, I, and as Melissa already mentioned, we, we picked the, the guy who got sent home. Is it funny? I still always refer to Derek Barry as a guy, even though it's a drag queen. So, yeah. so yeah, we Fair. did, we did pretty well. We, we weren't that all over the place. I think if I'm looking at these results, Mariah oh. and Alexis were really the two that we were kind of, we weren't all in the same place on, but okay. other than that, like we were pretty consistent. We were hanging out in the same neighborhood. Good. So we'll Please. see. It makes me feel a little relief. We'll yeah. see if that continues <laughs> as we continue to uh, review all of these wonderful queens who are providing some excellent entertainment at a time when we just need to smile and laugh. For and sure. I hope this was fun for you guys. I hope it was fun for the listeners at home. I just want to remind everybody that if you want to join us in watching a Drag Race All-Stars 5, you can watch on VH1 Friday nights at 7 p.m. Um, and then make sure to check out our episodes every Monday as we uh, offer our rankings and review. RuPaul's Drag Race. I can't think of a better way to end than that. So there we go. (laughs) 